If you're happy at home, do some praise hands on the chat today. If you're happy here today, let's give the Lord a little praise today. How many can feel God doing something? I tell you what, I was coming into this weekend and I felt God shift. I felt his presence shift so strong and we've got some great days coming, amen. For you personally, for the body of Christ and for Faith Builders Church. I'm telling you, God is moving in a very, very special way and I'm so excited. I'm gonna have everybody stand to your feet one more time. <laughs> My elder's being rebellious up here. He told me no. Everybody's sick elder mic for me, please. I just want to take a minute and just declare God's word over your life as we're standing and honoring God's word. Sometimes it's just nice to honor God's word, isn't it? His word is so powerful. His word is living. It's active. And his word changes our life. And I really feel like God is stirring his word in this season and that you're going to feel the repercussion of that. So I'm going to read Psalms 46 over you today. What I want you to do is just to receive this word as I speak it over your life today. And we're going to have it on the screen. And you can follow along. It says, God is our refuge and our strength. Always ready to help in time of trouble. How many are so thankful for the rescue of God, the hiding place of God? He's our shelter, amen. He's our safe place. We can go to him anytime we are in trouble, uncertainty, or in need. Hallelujah. And verse 2 says, so we will not fear. Everybody say, not fear. I will not fear when earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. Hallelujah. The Lord of heaven's armies are here among us. We have the angels of the Almighty here on earth. Amen. Angels are here today. The angels of heaven are here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Like John the Baptist, unquenchable fire. Amen. And the Lord, uh, be still, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation, and I will be honored throughout the world. Amen. We serve a great and a mighty God today. My message title, we're in part three of In God We Trust, and my title today is The Good News No One Is Reporting. I have good news for you today, amen. No matter what the world is reporting, we have good news today to our soul. So, Father, we thank you today for this message. We thank you for this worship. We thank you for this moment that we are with you, God, that, Lord, we receive your word today. We know, God, that you reign, that you sit on the throne, that your word is yes and it is amen, Father God. And we just thank you, God, that you are in us and you dwell among us, Father God. 
God. And we are victorious. And we praise you today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. I tell you, I'm so excited about this message and what God is doing. I was blessed this week to go to a two-day leadership conference for pastors and leaders around the world. And I tell you, I was so refreshed. Y'all need your pastor refreshed. So, amen, just to get that word from God. And I heard from pastors of mega churches and pastors from smaller churches and leaders. And it was just so refreshing because as I lead this church and really following God and making the decisions that I know the Lord has spoke to me, and then to go to a conference where other pastors are saying the same thing, hallelujah, doing the same things that we feel assigned to do, the same call of God that there is a revival coming to the church of Jesus Christ, there's a move of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, people are going to get saved, the harvest is coming in, amen. Miracles are going to happen. God's church is going to shine in this hour. And so just to align and just go, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not the only one. Amen. Sometimes I feel like Elijah in the cave because God really isn't speaking too much right now. And, and so just to lead by faith can be very challenging for your pastor, you know. So pray for me. Amen. Pray that God covers me and, and leads me and, and puts me with the right people to make sure that our church is aligned to where we need to be. And thank God we are. And, you know, our mission statement for Faithless has always been from the foundation, Ephesians 4.12, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And that word equipping means we're preparing you and we're training you and we want you to be qualified. And the reason why that is such a passion because what we're facing in this last year and a half and, and who knows what else the world and the devil wants to bring at us, if we are equipped... And if you are qualified and you are strong and knowing the word of God, it does not matter what the devil brings your way. Because you will know where you stand. Amen. And so that's why I've been so passionate in week three about in God we trust. Because who knows what's going to happen, but God does. Amen. And so if we know our faith and we know where we stand, we're going to be all right. See, I'm going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I got a feeling. Everything's going to be all right. Whoa, 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 uh. Okay. Anyway, that's my second time singing. <laughs> but I want to give you a perspective today of what we read about Psalms 46 and where that scripture is coming from. Because I think as believers, we listen to the word or we hear the word and we think, oh, that was for the old times, right? God is with us. You know, God is on my side. God fights my battle. But I think if we can learn in the context of where David was talking about the Psalms, it will help us relate to where we're at today. Amen. Because I need the word today. I need the word where I may be afraid and I may be anxious and I may be overwhelmed. I don't need the word that was for somebody, an old army. I need that word to be relevant where I can apply it in my life today. Amen. I don't know if I said this in this service or last. Sometimes like they bleed together. But, you know, the Lord, I came across a study this weekend with Dr. Henry Cloud. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. Awesome books. And he said that pre-COVID, there was probably 4% of people with mental health issues. And after COVID, it's up to 40% 
of mental health. And I believe it's because we have so much screaming at us in the world. Amen. I mean, come on. Amen, everybody. I know it's true. I live in the same world you do. So there's things that are screaming at us. And then the importance of the community and coming together and worshiping with each other and, and um, sharing with one another that if I know you're facing a battle, thank God I'm going to be okay too, right? And so with the enemy has caused us to lose that value. And so people are just overwhelmed and we're anxious and what's going to happen and, and what's going to happen with my children and all these things that we can be overwhelmed with. And so in Psalms 46, we find the story of uh, the evil king of Assyria. And what this king of Assyria did is he attacked Jerusalem. And Assyria was known not just as a, an enemy, but it was a vicious enemy. It was a ferocious enemy. And something about Assyria that they were known for is they didn't come just to win the battle. They wanted to devastate and humiliate. And, and I want us to get a picture of this in our life, that the devil right now coming against you is not just trying to win. He's trying to devastate you. And he's trying to humiliate the believers in Christ Jesus when we're trying to stand on the word of God. We're trying to believe God for some breakthroughs and miracles. And sometimes we don't see God doing it. You know, I said in first service that I believe right now the church is in a hallway. You know, we're not where we were covid Thank God. But we're not where God wants us to be either. So there's this in-between of going through the hallways going, God, where are you? You know, why aren't you speaking to me? Why aren't you showing me what I need to see? So we get frustrated. So what does the enemy do? He comes in that time of the in-between to try to devastate us, to get us off our course, right? So the king of Assyria said, what we're going to do is before we come, there was a tradition, and they would send tablets of what their attack was going to look like. So I have a couple pictures. If you'll go ahead and put one of them up there, sweetheart. This was one of them, and this is just a small portion of the tablet, but this is what the Assyrians would send to whoever they were going to attack to show them what we're about to do to you, right? We're going to kidnap you or ca capture you. <clears throat> they may cut off their heads. They may skin them alive. Many times they would cut off their ears and wear that as a trophy that they had dominance over whatever their attack was. Go ahead and show the second one. Uh, and this is a, a form of impalement. What they would do is when, when the Assyrian army would come, again, they didn't want to kill, just kill them. They wanted to humiliate them. And so they would take a sword through their back, and it would impale through their body and come out the front, and they would put them as stakes on the ground as their trophies when they killed them. So what happened? The enemy, not only was he coming, but he prepared in advance to cause this psychological battle to take place before they even arrived. If that isn't what's happening today, I don't know what is. The enemy is playing a psychological game right now that we seem defeated. It seems like, well, are we going to have a breakthrough? When is this thing going to stop? Where's the world going? God, where's the revival? Come on, somebody. What's going on? And it's this battle going, what is going on, God? And this Assyrian was a military force. They were skilled in what they did. You know, how many have ever seen the movie Taken? 
with Liam Neeson, it's like a great movie. And like the best scene ever is when, when he calls the enemy that kidnapped his daughter or his daughter and said, you know, I, I've been, I've been, I have a special set of skills or something. I will seek you, I will find you, and I will kill you, you know. And that's what the Assyrians were like. They had a, a set of skills that everybody knew and they were ruthless and they were cruel and it was intimidating to anyone that they we're going to come across. And so we have to, when the enemy's coming against the turmoil of our mind, we have to know who we are and where we stand in God, right? So what's the picture in your mind? In this story, it was a time of national turmoil and what they felt was utter hopelessness. Think about that. They were, their nation was in utter turmoil and they felt hopeless. This looks just like today. All the nations are in turmoil right now in the natural. It feels hopeless. And we wonder, God, where are you? And when are things going to change, right? But I'm here to tell you today, the promise of Psalms that was given to them 2,700 years ago in this context is the same promise that is for us today in 2021. It's the same powerful working God that you'll see the miracle that God gave them. And when you know the word and you know God, you know that miracle is going to show up right for your, where you're at today. Amen. In the natural, they had no ability to just defend themselves. No ability. The only trust they had was to put it in God. So let's look at Psalms 46 verse 1. We'll put that up on the screen. And it says this, God is our refuge and our strength. Listen, God is that shelter that he wants you to come into. God is that protection in your life. We can't put our faith and trust in what's going on in the world. I don't know what's going to happen with my children in the time we're living in. But what I do know as a believer, I know that God is my safe place. I know that God is my shelter. And God wants you to come into his shelter and receive his strength. What does that mean? That strength is that place where you feel overwhelmed, where you're full of fear, when you're not sure of what's going to happen, happen. God gives me strength in every area of my life. What does that mean? He gives me strength in my soul, my mind, my wills, and my, and my emotions. He gives me strength in my spirit, and he strengthens my faith. He gives me strength in my flesh, and it causes me to run and not grow weary, and walk and not faint. God will give you strength socially economically, politically, whatever it is that's trying to pull you away right now, God says, I am your safe place and I'm going to give you strength when he's always ready to help in times of trouble. When is God ready for you? When you're in trouble, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm tormented about certain things. God is there for you. Listen, the moment you're in trouble, he is ready. He's ready, and he knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly the timing that you need it in. I'm here to encourage you today, whatever you're facing, you did not catch God off guard. God wasn't like, oh, I wasn't expecting that one. What am I going to do? I mean, I saw that, but I didn't see that one. You know, like consulting Gabriel. Gabriel, what do you think we should do? No, God knows in advance. He knows what you're going through. And sometimes we think God is just like this corporate God and sees his church, but God sees you. God sees what you're struggling with. He knows what your fears are and what the enemy is planning. And he wants us to receive him and come into his safe place, right? 
God is always ready. Say always ready. Now I want to break this word down for you just a little bit more so that you can help understand what God is really saying here. He's always ready in times of trouble. The first part of that word means this. It means nimsa. And it's this, to be discovered. God is always ready for you to discover him. God wants you to personally know his love and his power and his breakthrough. It's not enough for me to tell you how great God is, and that's awesome. But God is saying, in your time of trouble, I want you to experience me. I want you to discover who I am. I want you to encounter me. There's something that I can tell you that you'll never know until you experience it yourself. Amen? Let me give you an example. How many have ever been to the Grand Canyon? How many have not been to the Grand Canyon? Let me see. I know, I know. You guys got to take a trip. You got to go to the Grand Canyon. But I remember the first time I'd seen the Grand Canyon, you know, pictures. My parents had been, and it looked so wonderful. But you never know the experience of the Grand Canyon until, until you are standing at the rim of that amazing thing. And your breath gets taken away. And it's like, man, the miracle of God is so incredible. And there's this moment that you experience at the Grand Canyon. I don't care how many pictures you post on Facebook. It'll never describe that moment. Why? Because I experienced it. And that's the same thing with God. God wants you to experience him. He wants you to reach out to him, love on him, talk to him, put on worship music. It's not enough anymore the time we're living in that you live off of other people's experience. You need to have God touch you and feel you and show his power through you so that you will know God. And through the tough times, you won't be moved. I may be a little rattled. I'm telling you, in this last season, I, my boots are kind of shaking, right? But I'm hanging on to Jesus because I know he's always for me. He's going to fight the battle for me. God will turn everything together for good. But it's only when we come into his refuge. I'm coming into his shelter. There's a time that, and I even do this at home. I'll turn off the TV and I'll put on worship music. And my flesh is killing me because I don't want to do it. But I feel this draw of the spirit. You need to come in my refuge right now. I need to put you in a safe place. I want you to know that I've got you and I've got everything under control. Amen. He's always ready. Second thing is, is the second part of that word is called miad. And miad means this, exceedingly abundantly exceedingly much, the muchness of God. And when I studied that out, it was much and much and more and more and more. How many know God is a muchy much God? He's a muchy much. He said, when you come to me, I don't want to just have you experience me, but I'm going to give you a lot. I'm going to give you peace when you come to me. I'm going to give you joy when you come to me. I'm going to give you a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And you know what that told me when I studied it? I'm going to be a piggy for Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to run into his presence. I'm going to say, thank you for my joy. Thank you for my peace. Thank you for my hope. Thank you for favor. Thank you for winning this city to Jesus. Thank you for a revival, God. I'm going to run with joy. Why? Because I'm in his refuge. And I know that whenever I feel like I'm in trouble, whenever I feel like I'm overwhelmed, which is probably 90% of my life in the world we're living in, I keep running into Jesus. Why? Because he is my strength in time of trouble. Amen. In times of trouble, God will overflow with his abundance of protection for you. Amen. When you're going through hard times, he'll be your provision for you. 
when you're struggling with how things are going to happen and what about the economy and my job. He's my provider in my life. When I feel hopeless, he is there for me. So what does that mean? We live today. We don't live in Jerusalem. Thank God we live in America. We've never had a huge war in our country where we're living in bombs and explosions and in fear. That's what they were living in. But we're living in this overwhelming battle right now that's hitting us from every direction of our life. And so how do I apply this today, right? When I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm anxious, when I'm worried about the world and what is going on, listen, God is exactly what you need when you need him. Let me say that again. God is exactly what you need, when you need him, and he's much, much, much more. Hallelujah. You think you need this from God, and God says, if you'll just come into my presence, if you'll draw nigh to me, I'm there for you. God's waiting to give you the answer, waiting to give you peace. He's just waiting for you to come into his refuge. And he says, you think you wanted this, I'm going to give you this. Amen. You think you want to just fill this sanctuary? I'm going to give a new building for you to win this city to Jesus Christ. I don't know what the muchy much is, but I'll take it, hallelujah. Give me it all, Jesus, amen. In the middle of the battle, in the middle of where the enemy's throwing the biggest darts that want to take me out, I know God is on my side. That's the good news. He is with me. So who is God? He's what you need when you need it. Let me speak this over your life today. If you're anxious, he is your peace. If you're hurting, he is your comforter. If you're lacking, he is your provider. If you sinned, he's your righteousness. God is your strength when you are weak. He's your hope when you feel hopeless. He's the light when the world grows dark. You know, the force of the Christian church is so strong. And if we would come together with one mind, we would strike revival on earth today. Instead of being what the world wants us to be divided and confused and segregated. Amen. We come together. So who is God in your life? What, where do you need him to be? Where are you hurting? If we were to ask everyone in this room... Every one of you would have something different that you would say. And God is saying, that's where I want to meet your need. Where are you overwhelmed? I'm God in that situation. Where are you fearful? I'm God in that situation. Where do you feel like you've lost control? I'm God. When you're in trouble, he's your shield. He's your fortress. He's your rock. And he's your defender. Who can fight for us better than that, amen? Only God. So let's look at verse uh, 6 and 7 of Psalms 46. What did he say? The nations are in chaos, their kingdoms crumble, God's voice thunders, and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. What does that mean? God's name is Emmanuel. It means God is with us. Whatever we're facing, wherever you feel God is or God isn't, he is with you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. I'm, what's so awesome about God is God didn't just shout from heaven, I love you. And you know what? God could have did that. He could have just shouted from heaven and there's my truth and we'd have to believe it. But he didn't say, I'm going to shout my love. I'm going to show you my love. 
I'm going to send you my son. And he's going to lay down his life for you. And he's going to put all the sins on his shoulders. And he's going to die a gruesome death. He's going to lay his life down. And he's going to resurrect three days later. And he's going to give all power and all authority. And everything that he is is yours. God didn't do that just because. He said, I am with you. I'm Emmanuel. Whatever you're facing, I am with you. You got bodyguards all around you, hallelujah. You got your own team of protection. You got angels following you. Why? Because God is with you. Our God is big enough to oversee the whole world and loving enough to care about you. And I think that's where the church is missing the mark, is we're not taking God for ourselves. It's not a, I, I'm glad the Lord loves the world, but man, I need the Lord to love me right now. I'm pretty broken. And I'm not sure what God is doing. And I'm not sure where this world is going. And I need the Lord on my side. Amen. So I'm going to come and do his refuge. The Bible says that the nations are under his throne. The nations are under his throne. The United States and all the nations that the world is facing today is under his throne. He rules as king of kings and lord of lords. God runs this nation. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly when his spirit is going to enter into this world and bring this move of God. We've got to let those things go that are troubling us. Maybe we need to turn off some things. Maybe we need to take a little fast from things that are troubling our soul and go into God's refuge and protection and let him fill us with peace and joy once again. Amen. Psalms 46.8 says this, come and see the glorious works of the Lord. He's saying, come and see. Would God say, come and see and show you nothing? No, he says, come and see my glorious works. What is that? You're blessed in an economy that says you shouldn't be. You got a job when the world says you shouldn't have one. You got promoted and you don't have the degree because God is on your side. Your children are going to serve and love God all the days of their life. I have another covenant that I live in, and I don't live in the order of this world, but I live by the word of God. Amen. We've got to experience God. How do we do that? This is so important in this season. I think we need to know the season so we know how to behave with God. There's times with God that God will let us run and play, isn't it? We love God. We come to church. We're faithful. And we have this relationship and we do all of this. And then there's sometimes God says, I need you to open up your heart to me. I need you to lean into me a little bit in this season. I need you to trust me. I need you to open up your heart, right? I need to draw near to God and I need to depend on him in this season. And when I do and I draw near to him, he's going to draw near to me. But God is saying, come. You know, there, something I learned this week, and I'll probably share the whole teaching eventually. Well, actually, let me keep going really quick. So how do we do this? How do I live in a time where all this turmoil is going on? They've got this battle that the enemy is about to come and overtake them and humiliate and devastate them. And what does David say in Psalms 46.10? It's so powerful. After all of that, what does God say? He says, be still and know that I am God. The hardest thing to do when we're going through trials is to be still. 
It's hard to stop and to settle down and let God be God. And you know why? Because God wired us to be protectors, right? God wired us to strive and to work hard and to fight the battle. And we've been taught all these things. But in this moment of the battle, God is saying it's not about what you can do, but it's only about what I can do. And we have to discern the times that sometimes God says, come into me and let me do what only I can do. There are some battles in this world. There are some battles that you're facing, and only God can make it happen. And we don't need to sit back and wring our hand and be anxious, wondering what's going on. I'm going to stand behind my God, the great I am, and I'm going to trust that he's going ahead of me and fighting the battle for me and making a way where there seems to be no way. Be still, and it's hard because when you are still, you feel vulnerable. I want to do something. I want my opinion, right? I want to fix it. I want to plan it. Listen, as a pastor, how I lead, I'm a strategic leader. I love strategy. I love to plan. I want to put it all on the calendar, and I'm like, oh, like I want to do all this stuff. And God speaks to me the way that he speaks to me, and he's like, chill out. I'm like, I don't know how to chill out. Why? Because when you're still, you are simply trusting God, and it is painful, and it is hard because you want to do something, whether it's in the flesh or spiritual or whatever. And God's saying, no, uh-uh, give yourself permission to just rest and be still. That's your only assignment is to rest. I, was, I heard this teaching this week, and it just leaped in my spirit. And I'll share all of it some other time probably, but I'll share you the piece of it. And this speaker was talking about how she grew up and she wanted to build a fire. She wanted to learn how to build a fire so bad. And so she got a little older. Her brother taught her how to build a fire. So she got her kindling. You know, you do layer upon layer. Now, hear the spirit in this. She did layer upon layer, put it all together. He said, take the soft wood, and that's for the quick burn. Anybody knows how to build fires, you probably know them, right? And then put the hardwood on, and then it, that's a slow burn, so it keeps the fire, and then you light it. And so she's like, oh, I'm going to do all this. So she put it all, got all the plan together, and she's like, I can't wait. I'm going to do my first fire. And she went to go light it up, and that thing wouldn't fire up. And she tried and tried, and they were so frustrated. Like, you told me if I did all these things, I would have fire. God, I've been faithful. I've been obedient. I've been given tithes. I showed up when I didn't want to show up. I kept trusting you when I want to quit. Where's the fire gone? Where's the breakthrough? Where's the miracle? Where's this thing you promised me? I've done everything you told me to do, and it's not working. So she called her brother. She's like, what is wrong? I did everything you told me to do. And he showed up. He says, you did everything, but you missed one step. He said the logs need space between each other so that the air and the fire can connect to ignite. And there's an anointing in the space. There's an anointing in the quiet. And so many of us have done all this and God's like, okay, now I need you to be still. Because I'm going to do something with you in the space that makes you uncomfortable. I'm going to do something with you when you're desperately trying to hear from me, and I'm not going to talk to you yet. And that saying that says, uh, teacher never talks during a test. I hate that saying. I think it's stupid. I have a question. Why can't I ask the teacher a question during the test? But there's times God don't speak to us. Where do I go? What do I do? And he's just silent. 
And he's like, just rest. Because I will grow you in the resting. I will mature you in the quiet. Why? Because this season is not about you. It's not about church structure. It's not about programs. It's not about any of that. It's not about the economy and all of that that distracts us. It's about waiting in the presence of God. Coming into his refuge. You want to see God move fast? Turn off your music and turn on a worship song. God will show up like that because that's how he's moving right now. He's moving quickly for those who will draw into his presence. And that's why the devil tries to keep everybody away. Right? Be still and know that I am God. The Bible doesn't say be worried. <laughs> doesn't say freak out. Be anxious. Get angry. And those are all things I've done, just so you know. That's why they're written down. I've done them and more. I've cried to God. I've been frustrated with God. And then I got this word. There's anointing in the pause. God, let God do the work in your waiting. So be still and know I'm God. What does be still mean? It's the word rafa. And rafa means this. Be quiet. <laughs> Relax. Give yourself some slack. Amen. Be still. It means just take a deep breath. You have permission to chill out. That's got to feel good to some of you. When the children start coming and you're overwhelmed, no, I'm chilling out because God said I can. I'm relaxing. When the overwhelming of what do I do in this decision, no, I'm chilling out. God told me to be still. You're not going to steal my joy, devil. You're not going to steal my peace, devil. Today, this morning, you had a breakthrough. Take that home with you. And the devil's going to try to say, uh-uh-uh-uh. Amen. We're going to have the anointing to bat all that away. You stay in the joy that God has given you. You have permission to just rest in the Lord. God is big enough to oversee the world, and he's loving enough to care about you. Amen. Be still. So what happened? Let's are you curious to know what happened to the children of Israel? This ferocious army is coming against them, and they're terrified. They already have this mental battle. And something happened in 2 Kings 19, verse 20. And it's everything I've been talking about. It says this. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to King to Hezekiah. Do you have that verse, sweetie? Saying, thus says the Lord God of Israel, because you have, go ahead, because you have prayed to me, you didn't try to strategize, Hezekiah. You already knew you were going to lose the battle. You didn't get fear and run to everybody and talk about how afraid you are. You came into me, the refuge. You came into me, your life-giving support that's always going to be there for you. Because you prayed to me against king of Assyria, I have heard you. Listen, the moment you tell God what you're going through, I'm going to quit telling the world. I'm going to quit giving overwhelmed. I'm going to say, God, this is what I'm struggling with, and I'm giving it to you. And God said, because you prayed to me, you came into me, I heard you. I heard you. See, there's battles that we're in that are only can come because of God. So what happened after God heard his prayer? Verse 32. This is so good. Therefore, thus says the Lord Thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria. 
Now you put in there whatever you're facing. Thus says the Lord, he shall not come into this city. Now we had a plan to, remember? Nor shoot one arrow down there. Nor come before it with a shield, nor build a seized mount against it. By the way he came is the way that he shall return. What the enemy meant for evil, God is turning it for good. The devil can't come to your house. He can't come to your children. He can't come to your finances. He can't come to your marriage. Why? Because I have a covenant with God. And when I talk to the Lord, he said, listen, that enemy, whatever his plan is, it is no more. <laughs> Isn't that good? That's why we can laugh at the devil. You can intimidate and bully me all you want, but there is a boundary around me, and you can't touch this. Why? Because God is on my side. I've got angels posted in my front and in my back, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper in my life because I know God is on my side. And he shall not come into this city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it. For my own sake and for my servant David's sake. God is on your side, amen. But it comes in the weight. It comes in and trusting God. And so what happened? This mighty, ferocious army that was coming, doing what they do really well to do. And the Bible says, and you can read it on your own this week. But the Bible said God sent one mighty angel. He didn't send a whole legion of them. When God sends his purpose, he sent one angel against the Assyrian armies. I can't even imagine what that looked like. Like, I would love to see that angel. Because we know that angel was manifested in the natural. It was a mighty, warring angel, right? Those exist still today. And the Bible says that that angel went against the Assyrian army before the children of Israel. They watched it happen. That angel killed 185,000 people. One angel. It only takes one assignment from God to destroy what's ever in front of you. Only takes one word, one moment, and the enemy will crumble ahead of you. Amen. That one angel wiped out the Assyrian army, and it only took one word from God. So what do we do? Verse 40, uh, Psalms 46.10. We'll close with this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation, and I will be honored throughout the world. Let me give you this hope today. God is not done. He is not finished. It is not over. Until all nations bow their knee to him, there is a move of God coming to his church, to his cities, and to the faithful saints that will honor him and honor his Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet for just a moment, and I'm going to pray this prayer over you today. And if there's anything that has been overwhelming you and you've been struggling with, and it's just been like this thing of the enemy, mental torment, whatever it is, we're going to break that today. Amen. We're going to shatter the hands of the enemy. So just lift your hands right now. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. And Lord, we humbly come before you today in this room and those watching from home, God. And Lord, just as Hezekiah just humbly prayed to you, God, whatever they are struggling with today, Lord, whatever it is that's overwhelming them, we're going to give it to you right now, God. 
fear, abandonment, rejection, that you're not hearing them, you're not going to answer their prayers, God. Lack of faith, whatever it is, Lord, today we are renouncing that in the name of Jesus. We bind every force of the enemy of torment against their soul and their mind and their futures right now. And we bind the enemy up, Father God. And we decree that no weapon formed against them shall prosper from this moment forward, God. Whatever that giant is in their life, we see that crumbling before them in the name of Jesus. God, you are mighty, you are strong, and you are victorious in their life. And I ask God that you stir them up right now. I see the Lord stirring you up by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that lives on the inside of you. God is saying, arise, arise for such a time as this. You've got my power, you've got my strength, you've got my anointing. The Lord says, quit looking to the things that are troubling your soul and begin to activate what I put in you says the Lord you are mighty and you are strong and you can do this you are able says the Lord and I will rise you up in this moment says God some of you have felt defeated and felt hopeless and you're like why try why fight the battle why even get in it and the Lord says I'm breaking that lie off of you right now in the name of Jesus that deceptive spirit that has put a cloud upon your mind is being broken today in the name of Jesus and you're gonna have ears to hear the spirit eyes to see and a great discernment in this season says the Lord hallelujah we praise you right now, God. We receive this anointing. We receive this fresh power, God. We receive this joy today. And I decree that you will fill their mouth with laughter and their lips with shouts of praise. It's shifting now. It's shifting now, says the Lord. Hallelujah. God's opening up heaven over you right now. There's a presence of God and you, God has felt so far away and he's opening up over you right now. Hallelujah, just receive that today. Thank you, Jesus. A new desire for worship is coming. A new love for the word of God. I hear the Lord saying, bringing some of you back to your first love. When you first tapped into me and you've been striving to get there and wondering, God, why, why can't I feel it and why can't I have that emotion? And God says, you're stepping into it right now. Hallelujah. That you're going to have a new joy that's going to cause you to run. A new hope inside of your soul says the Lord and instead of some of you you've been seeing things so half empty and the Lord says I'm changing that you're gonna begin to see the good things you're gonna begin to see the positive things you're gonna begin to see my spirit in your life and in your family says the Lord and we receive that right now Holy Spirit I cover everyone by the blood of Jesus hedge of protection north south east and west no disease or pestilence shall come nigh their dwelling. They are hemmed in by the Holy Spirit, God. And we thank you for this moment today. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said amen and amen. Hallelujah. What a good God we serve. I've said this and I'll say it again. Don't pick it up. <laughs> Go home. Walk in this. Walk in this joy, amen. Walk in this peace. Receive it almost like a new piece of clothing. Take it with you. 
Don't put on the old rags. Don't put on yesterday's experience. Take today. There is something so great ahead of you and your family in this church. And that's why the devil's just been trying to do all this ugly. But he didn't win, did he? Because God said, you made it. You made it. And you're on the other side. So you may be seated. I love you all so much. I just really wanted to speak that declaration overview. And don't forget, Wednesday is our live podcast online. I would love it if you join in. Click like, share it. Um, I'm just excited about what the Lord's doing during that. We're going to pray for you. And it's called um, E412, Ephesians 412, our mission statement. So jump online. Amen. All right. I love you all. God bless you. And I'm